Hey, listeners, welcome back to Vicious Cycle Podcast. We are jumping right back in into our list of the 10 most notable abortions on screens, big and small. Um, in part one, we covered the silent film era. We covered sex in the city, dirty dancing. Oh, we had so much fun. If you haven't listened to part one, you might want to catch up to that because we are jumping right back into the remaining five abortions that we consider notable. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Am I next? Yeah. Scandal. Oh, Escandalo. <laughs> um, the crazy thing about this episode, I had already seen this episode. Mm. I mm. remembered parts of this episode vividly. Yeah. And mm. I did not remember there was an abortion. Oh. Um, it happens in like the last two minutes of the episode. Ooh. Um, so this episode is called Baby It's Cold Outside. Remind us of Scandal for people who don't know Scandal. Scandal is a Shonda, Shonda Rhimes joint. Um, <laughs> it is a show about a fixer named Olivia Pope based on a true person. Oh, an wow. actual person. I an did not know that. DC fixer, yes. Um, which I'm like, how does she feel? Because this show is yeah. insane. <laughs> The show is insane. Like, like writing some of the notes, I'm like, right. So like she's upset because her husband, who is the president of the United States, divorces her. (laughs) But then there's like a terrorist attack. And like, I I I got really into watching this, watching Scandal. It's so good. And I would fall asleep while watching it. And I would dream up storylines. And I'd be like, honestly, I can't remember if that's real or not, because they're all so weird. They're all so weird. And yet you're like, yeah, I'm on board for all of this. You're like, da-duh. It is the ninth episode and mid-season finale of the fifth season, which is why it's Christmas-themed, Okay, which Mm. also comes into play. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, So in this episode, one of the main storylines is that Liv, a.k.a. Olivia Pope, has moved into the White House to finally be with her man, the uh. president Fitz. <laughs> um, like she, I never got this far in the in the series. She's like playing the role of the um, first lady. Like okay. she's playing the role of like his person. Yeah, mm-hmm. which she's never done before, right? And she's, publicly, she's, she's always been the, mis- the, the mistress. Right. And Melly has always kind of done the crummy like first lady stuff Ah. so it opens with them at a party and this woman is sitting down and she's like oh I really need help and like you can tell Olivia's like brightened up Mm -hmm. um and she's like oh yeah anything right because she's a fixer Mm -hmm. her whole job is like helping people get out of messes Mm -hmm. and this woman is like I had the most amazing cookies here (laughs) could you get me that recipe it's like Something with like cinnamon and like you can just see Olivia Pope's face drop. And she's like, absolutely. Because she's really stepping away too from her like fixer business to like be be in this very like boring as fuck role where she's like picking China and like Mm -hmm. hanging. Honestly, sounds amazing. Hey man, sounds like a goddamn vacation. But not for Olivia Pope. Um, So, (laughs) you know, it's like it's all been leading up to when they can finally be together but it's obviously not fulfilling her at all Mm. um another major storyline is that millie i always get it's melly or millie they all mix it up too on the show (laughs) um i think it's melly but um 
she is the estranged wife of mm-hmm. Fitz. Mm-hmm. She's also this a senator from Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um she leads a filibuster, a la Wendy Davis, oh. to help prevent cuts to Planned Parenthood. Cool. Even though she plays a Republican on the show. And oh. Fitz is a Republican too. Oh, wow. oh yeah. But Shonda writes like really progressive Republicans. Yeah. Sure. She's like, oh yeah, they're Republicans, but they also like want to end they're socially climate yeah. like crisis yeah, yeah. right um Wishful so thinking. Yeah. yeah so melly is doing like a whole like you know however many hours situation where she's mm. reading about the things that planned parenthood helps with so there's a lot of um exposition of like here are the things that planned parenthood does to help america mm-hmm. right and she's like the senator saying this but it's really like scandal viewers like yeah. they help with know cervical this. cancer screenings yeah, yeah. yeah. so it very it, it very much is like a PSA type of thing yeah. and Shonda I guess is like a very big supporter of Planned Parenthood like mm-hmm. very outspoken mm-hmm. for reproductive rights and I believe in this episode Fitz is like really kind of like Ugh, eye roll look what mm-hmm. Melly's doing but Olivia is like kind of secretly proud of her. Yeah. Like she's standing up and doing this really amazing thing. Um, and you find out at the end of the episode that Olivia is pregnant. Mm. Damn. So you had so no idea she's, until. No idea. Wow. So this whole time she's watching the estranged wife of her lover mm-hmm. talk about how amazing Planned Parenthood is and how it has to May mm-hmm. you know stay here to help people mm-hmm. and she's like you know she's like wow I'm really, really proud of you and then the end of the episode you see her um w- sh- so Olivia's in a waiting room watching the filibuster on a television and you see her like happy for Mm-hmm. Because it didn't like the cuts yeah. didn't happen. Right, everything ended Phil well. Was successful, right? And then it's like you know, Miss Pope, we're ready for you. Um, and I think I have the description. Mm. Uh, the whole procedure on the show took less than one minute. Uh, do they show it? They do show it, but like not. But like yes. Like- beautiful yeah uh carrie washington just yeah. on a bed being like i'm so beautiful yeah so the abortion procedure begins olivia puts her feet in the stirrups a bright sterile white medical lamp clicks on a doctor turns on a suction machine which is used to terminate a first trimester abortion olivia kind of like grips the table a little bit and kind of like takes a deep breath and her hair is in like a medical hairnet and then that's mm. it wow Wow. Like so matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. It's like she's on a table. There are people here. They pull up the thing. And there's no talk. She kind of like, grips and is like. <sighs> and yeah. And there's it. no talk about like with fits or Mm-mm. she doesn't wrestle with it. She just does it. It comes back because I okay. continue yeah, sure. to watch. Right. Sure. Um, it does come back because it's a soap opera. Like yeah. the, right, right. The, they're like, this could get out and ruin us. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but. No, she doesn't talk talk to him at all. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> of course, ABC was hesitant to air the clip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, interesting, because this show gets hella graphic. Right. Yeah. So graphic. Bloody. I've seen brains on this <laughs> yeah. show. Uh-huh. Actual brains. <laughs> 
And I Real life human brains, not props. It's basically <laughs> just a can of corn. But like... <laughs> I like Googled like scandal, um, problematic or like controversy, violence. Mm -hmm. The only thing I found is like parents were upset that there was a torture scene. And then there was literally a listicle of like Huck's most gruesome moments (laughs) on the show. And there are brains, but ABC was hesitant about this. About an abortion. Right. And so the gripping the gripping of the of the medical It's just too too traumatic. Well, listen. First of all, Shonda. Sean is so fucking badass. Yeah. I love this show. I love this show. Look, I'm going to say this in a minute or less because then it could be 15 minutes. <laughs> the show is like soapy. It's so over the top. But then they're like, oh, but then we're going to like add a monologue of Olivia Pope's dad being like, I was a young black man trying to get ahead and no one took me seriously. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. took matters into my own hands. You're like, oh, OK, just like monologue diatribes about like race and sex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and gender and like yeah. X, Y, Z, right? I love it. Uh. So Shonda's like, go ahead and alter the scene. You'll just have a lot of articles about how you altered the scene. Nice. Uh. So she, because she Boom. had, she, there was an abortion in Grey's Anatomy. I don't know if it was before or after this. Oh, yeah. So I was going to cover that. So I briefly looked into it. But I guess, because Grey's Anatomy was her first show. They were yes. going to have Christina Yang, the doctor, have one in like season two. But mm. they backed out. I think I she think was. She had a miscarriage. I think she, she had a miscarriage. I think miscar- it was a cop out. It was yes. a miscarriage. But it came back. She had one uh, because she just knew she wasn't going to be a good mom. She didn't want this. But yeah. the guy she was married to did want it. So then it put a riff in their relationship. <laughs> so that became like a several episode oh, storyline. Wow. So I don't know when that happened versus... Uh, scandal. I think I this feel was like scandal would be later. Me too. Because I feel like Sandra left. Yeah. I don't know when she left that show. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is interesting yeah. to think about. So in at the, first, so in I the cinematic so, universe. So at first, I think she was like very tiptoeing around ABC. Then right. she was like, "Fuck it, watch me. I'm Shonda. We're gonna kill a fetus." Please. Yeah. At that point, yeah. she had three goddamn shows on their yeah. network. Yeah. There were hits. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, they had done a similar storyline with like an army veteran that had had an abortion, mm. but this was Olivia. And also, exactly, right? this was the like Carrie. Carrie. Yes, this was the Carrie. And also, they played Christmas music on top of her <gasps> oh, having an abortion. That's shit. a message. What's what Christmas song? I can't remember. But the well, the well, sh- let's pick the worst oh, one you could do. Holy, I know <laughs> the episode called "Baby It's Cold Outside." <laughs> But Let sung by a children's up. choir. <laughs> and, the then a, and then a ghost comes of a cherub. <laughs> I bring my drum for <laughs> him. Or it's like, it's These like a, so crazy. a um, Siberian orchestra. What was it? <laughs> right. roller. Oh. Well, we'll find it. We'll play it. Yeah, we'll find it. Yeah. So Shonda Rhimes said female characters or characters with uteruses who become pregnant offered often don't even consider abortion as a mm-hmm. potential option. And Shonda's like, that's very weird and not at all realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's it's a surprising um, scene because it actually shows an ab- abortion procedure, at least parts of it. Um, cause typically you see like someone in the waiting room or in the bed afterwards, but you yeah. actually see her like during the procedure. Um, and again, you know, she is a woman in a position of power. She could easily take care of this child. Mm-hmm. She could hire help. She could do all the things, but she doesn't want a child at that mm-hmm. point because it would tie. I mean, 
thinking back, like it's going to tie her to this life that is completely miserable to her. So, so, oh, I forgot to tell you. So not only does she get this abortion, she also leaves the White House. Oh. She leaves and goes back to her apartment. Mm. Like she's done with she does, playing she the pulls first a, lady. She pulls a Melania. She pulls <laughs> a Melania. Um, she, I guess, like basically breaks up with Fitz. But yeah. at the end of the episode, she's back in her cozy apartment staring at this Christmas tree. And she looks like really pretty content. Yeah. Mm. Like drinking her wine. And it's just like, yeah, ding. Definitely not. Sorry, I also wrote they show an open chest cavity, but they had pushback on the abortion episode. It literally shows someone during like like um in the middle of an autopsy. Yeah, no. An entirely open chest cavity. Yeah. And the fact that she was like Covered with a sheet, and she grips the side of something, and like something is rolled in. Yeah, over Christmas. I mean, honestly, one, I think it's like people just the idea of abortion upsets people, but also I think a woman's legs being spread. Like, I feel like people also like any gynecological exam, like when a woman's pregnant, like on Friends, they always have, uh, you know, the pregnant people very well covered, and it's all it's usually like not correct right yeah. but i think it's like they always make it very like well is it her legs can't be spread so wide and you're like have you been in stirrups yeah. right they're wide they go maybe. wide yeah your ass is like touching your feet yeah you're like scoot all yeah. the way, all way down. down yeah um when you had mentioned uh like this is a very soapy show yeah. it reminds me of something i read about all my children <gasps> so apparently in the 60s and 70s a bunch of soap operas covered abortion based on my research nice. and Interesting. so in 1973 it was one of the first if not the first portrayal of an abortion after roe v wade oh. it's considered like the most well-known early abortion on screen interesting um and but apparently and it was like applauded and people kind of held it up as like a great example of an abortion but in the 2000s like several decades later they wrote a storyline that it wasn't actually an abortion but it it ended up they transplanted the fetus which i don't think you could do so Uh so the new york times wrote a character named josh madden learned that although erica had initially conceived him he had been kidnapped as an embryo and transferred (laughs) to the womb of another woman by the obviously deranged doctor who had raised him (laughs) fans were outraged because the storyline was ridiculous even by the measure of daytime television (laughs) and on another and, on, and because the twist had gone a long way toward eradicating the show's progressive politics right. and in some sense an entire era. So right. it's, like, it's like, wow. So who knows where they're like, they'll reboot Scandal and be like, right. psych, that wasn't an abortion. It, yeah. Like, whatever. She Wait, just, is this Susan Lucci's character? I Erica. I don't know. Oh. I don't know the characters. I watched Wait, all my children with my oh. grandmother. All my children. Yeah, it may have been because I think she actually commented on it being like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Anyway, hold on. Let so, me double soap, check. Soaps be crazy. Erica Kane, aka yeah. La Lucci. Anyway, <laughs> you guys, did you find the Christmas music for the lead-in to this abortion? Is a man being shot in the head <laughs> 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 and blood pooling out the side of his fucking head? That's so fucking funny. <laughs> Network execs, can we get more blood out of the head? <laughs> Less abortion. <laughs> A pressure point. Soft tissue. So here we have feet going into stirrups, overhead lamp. 
one tool that's going under mysterious the, tool. Yeah, that's going under the blanket. A machine turns on. Wait, wait, music is it? Wait, what music? Is it? Family doesn't. Silent night. Silent night. Yeah. It destroys you. So you can tell it's so crazy because you're like, oh, she's feeling pressure. I know exactly yeah. that feeling. Yeah. She's feeling pressure like in her cervix. That's it. Wow. Oh, and then it's just feeling hallelujah. Wow. Yeah. Love That's that. Good. Next up for me, I'm covering two shows in one Foul swoop. Uh, because both of these were CW shows, uh, comedies that featured um, mothers who decided to have an abortion hmm. uh, and were both critically lauded. So I was like, these both hit the same cool. note. I wanted to touch on both of them. I think they can kind of fall in the same category. I appreciate this PhD in media theory that Thank you're bringing you. us right now. Yes. This feels like a, a, a dissertation. Yes. It would be, they would fall under the same footnote. Yes. Um, the CW, obviously a well-respected <laughs> maker of cinema. Um, okay. So first off, I think I'll start with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend um, because it's easier to get into uh, it'll be a quicker, a quicker read. Um, and I basically just want to talk real fast about the plot and then play two clips from it. So, um, e this is, uh, an episode in season two. It's episode four. Um, if you're familiar with crazy ex-girlfriend, uh, it focuses on Rebecca who, uh, has unchecked uh, mental health issues um, and she just keeps chasing happiness at whatever cost and she thinks that means being with a man um, and she's now been with the man she's been chasing to uh, West Covina California um, and also his best friend and so she's kind of going through this double breakup with the both of them she's in a whole way now her best friend Paula who's a paralegal at the law firm she works in Paula adores her she is the best friend we all deserve um, oh, and who also Jesus. none of us deserve. So uh, Paula um, is wonderful friend to Rebecca, there for her through all the craziness. And in this season, she's very supportive of her, hasn't really seen through the fact that she's a mess and needs a lot of like oh, support. Um, and, and Rebecca has also been very supportive of Paula to go to law school because yes. Paula is obviously oh, yes. super smart. So smart, Forgot so good at her job, really. and is more proficient than most of the attorneys at this law firm. So Paula has recently decided she's going to go to law school, and she's gotten in. Um, so now it's just getting to it. Um, and when she's figured out that she's going to go to law school, she's really pumped up. She figures out that she is pregnant. Um so that happens in a previous episode. Such a cruel twist of fate. Oh, and she has she has like two like teenage two boys. Kids? Just yeah. two teenage boys and a husband who I think they recently they went through I think in season 1 he like cheated on her so right. they were maybe going to break up but they worked it out. Now they're together and they're like really being like a sweet honest couple with each other like this is what I need, you know. Um so they're trying their best. Find out they're pregnant. Um, and Paula just kind of takes this as, oh, I'm pregnant. I guess that means law school's out of the picture. Mm. Like she just, 
immediately. It doesn't, it's not an option. Yeah. She doesn't even clock abortion as an option. I would imagine like after you've had children, that would be like a jarring feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I've done it. So right. why not now? So I, right. Yeah. I can imagine that it's just like, well, this is what we do here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to play this first clip that I find very funny. Um, she, Paula has just, she's trying to have it all. She has to cover a lot of work for Rebecca because Rebecca's going through breakup. Fucking um, and she basically has to be the attorney on this case for Rebecca while Rebecca's having her own personal crisis. Um, and, uh, and in this scene, you see her sons being like a total disaster um, and her husband not helping at all. So you're in that mood. Huh? You, you want a Chardonnay? You know, I can't. Oh, it won't hurt. You're only a little bit pregnant. Oh, right. Because we only had a little bit of intercourse. You uh, sure you want another baby? There are options, you know. We just won't mention it to Father Bra and he won't tell God. Scott, I'm a married mm-hmm. mother of two. Okay, those options are for teenagers the month after winter formal. You know who I think you should talk to? Rebecca. She's young, but she's had tons of options. <laughs> Rebecca is the last person I want to tell. Well, when I let her know that I'm not going to law school because I'm having this baby, I mean, she's, she's not going to understand. She is your best friend. Well, I don't want to burden her. Classic Paula. She doesn't want to burden. Classic. Yeah. Um, I bet she's had a lot of options. She's had a lot of <laughs> options. Like Samantha. Samantha's yes. had a lot, a lot of, of options. options. <laughs> I absolutely love that line. Um, so the episode continues and you continue to see Paula have a bunch of shit be put on her. Um, no one's really there to like support her. Rebecca still needs a lot of emotional support. Um, and she has to put together this whole case and this whole brief. And then in the end, she has to present it in front of a judge. Um, and and eventually the judge uh, asks, like a clarifying, like, oh, you're an attorney, right? And eventually Paula has to admit, like, no, I'm not an attorney. And I was going to go to law school, but that's out of the picture now. And so, but you have to understand, like, that work is good and it's right. And that should be approved, even though I'm not an attorney. And the judge looks like he's going to say, you know, well, too bad. If you were an attorney, this would be fine. Mm-hmm. But instead, the judge is like, you're right. This is really good work. And you should go to law school. You were really talented. And it's like the last boost she needs to be like, I fucking should go to law school. I don't need to have this kid. So, yes, Paula. Paula. So then, 37. Um, ba, 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 ba. We cut to Paula in bed. She's decided to have the abortion. We don't see it. We just see her after the fact. And we see her very supportive family. So this is Paula in bed being soothed by her husband, who had recently knocked her up. You feeling okay? Yeah, not too bad. Doctor said you might need to rest up for a bit. I was going to make you dinner, but uh, I figured you've been through enough today. So I'm ordering pizza. Oh, you are the best. <laughs> Thank you. Mom, I'll get us since you just had an abortion. <laughs> You're a good son, Brendan. Oh my God, that's amazing. I love you, Paula Proctor Esquire. Makes me cry. I love Aww. you, Paula Proctor Esquire. He's just so supportive of her career. Aww. Wants her to be a lawyer. We should all go to law school like Saul Goodman. <laughs> and Paula. Elder care. Um, But yeah, it's just, you know, you see her kind of going back and forth throughout the whole episode, Mm -hmm. but then you see her make the decision. It happens. And then 
it doesn't come back later in the show. It's like no regrets. As a, as a false, as a, a kidnapped embryo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or as a potential threat to her media. Um, threat to America. <laughs> yes, right. It's just something that happens. So uh, critically acclaimed because of its um, um, unremarkableness. Yeah. You yeah. know? Uh, so similar in, to scandal, like it yeah. like, takes literally a minute. It's at the very end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So similarly, so crazy ex-girlfriend CW show. Similarly, Jane, the Virgin mm. a CW show, uh, also was lauded for its take on abortion, um, uh, for similar reasons, but it's good to note. So for those who aren't familiar with Jane, the Virgin, it's, um, inspired by telenovela and it features uh, Gina Rodriguez as Jane, who is saving herself from marriage and is accidentally inseminated at a clinic by a like messed up gyno. Whoa, I did not know that was the plot of this, this oh, show. So you find this out in the first episode. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. Um, so she uh, is inseminated in the first episode. She's like dating this guy and they're planning to get married. So eventually she has to tell him like, oh shit, I'm pregnant. Uh, it was an accidental insemination. I'm still a virgin. And um, in season one, as she's coming to terms with the fact that she's pregnant, you know, they do have the conversation of like, well, you know, her mother is like, you don't have to carry this kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some things, there are some pressures put on her, like the guy who's, whose sperm it is, uh, had, had cancer treatment. So he no longer had viable sperm. Mm. So apparently he, it was like his last or second to last chance at a baby, something like that. So there was, yeah, there was some pressure put on her, but her family, like it's, um, it's a Latinx family. And so there's a lot of like religious elements put in with like progressive elements in the show Mm -hmm. and they handle it like really well. So in the end, like her grandma's like, this is maybe, you know, a miracle and maybe you're the person to do this and it could be amazing for this man and blah, blah, blah. And that works for Jane and Jane decides to have this baby. So not a big like feminist thing. People weren't mm-hmm. like, oh, great. This woman just decided to like do this for a guy she doesn't know. But um, and like after an accidental procedure. Yeah. After she's so like fucked. saved herself for marriage right. and that. Yeah. Um, so, but it's telenovela. So everything's super heightened. Everything's Mm -hmm. insane. There's Mm -hmm. like people wearing masks as other people. Like it's, it's bananas from the get go. Mm -hmm. So that's all like season one. This is season three, episode two. Uh, over the course of the past season, she's had the baby. She finally married her boyfriend, um, who's been very supportive the whole time, Michael. Um, and, uh, and she's realized she's found out throughout the series that her father, who she didn't know, her mother was a teenage mother, um, uh, raised Jane by herself along with her grandma. Um, and uh, her father wasn't in the picture. She finds out within the first season that her father is a famous telenovela actor, mm-hmm. Rogelio. Um, and he comes into her life because he's like, oh, my God, I'm a father. I want to be part of your life. So they start developing this relationship. Um and then he and Jane's mother, Xiomara, um, start uh, up their romance again. And they're getting hot and heavy. Things are going great. They obviously love each other. They're like, oh, my God, maybe this is the time where we can finally be together. And Rogelio admits that he wants to have a child. And Xiomara is like, no, I'm good. We did that. Yeah, <laughs> I have one. I'm set. 
she wants to be a dancer. She teaches dance. You know, she's just very set with like what she's doing. So they decide to break up because he wants a kid and she doesn't. So they decide to be friends, be in Jane's life together. They move on. So then she hooks up with Rogelio's uh, nemesis, Esteban. Like, um, you, do. <laughs> like you do. And uh, condom breaks. She gets pregnant. Okay. So what I think I love about both Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin is that so many shows do this thing where maybe they're like struggling for something interesting to happen. So they knock someone up. They decide to have them be pregnant, have the baby. And then in the show, they're like, sure. And the baby will appear four more times throughout the entire yeah, series. Right, right. Like when Rachel had Emma. Yes. Every oh time she was in the house, she'd be like, oh, yeah, my mom's across the hall watching her. It's yeah. Like, oh, OK. Right. So it's like so unrealistic yeah. to life. Right. Yeah. Where a TV character can have a kid and it won't change anything. A human person has a kid. Right. Your life has changed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I love that. Uh when the show decides to like, oh, spice things up, get, knock someone up, then they're like, and they will choose to have an abortion because they don't want their life to be completely derailed. Right, right. So um, in... I'm sorry, I just thought like, you know how like having child actors on your TV set is such a hassle because yeah. they can only work a couple hours a day. You yeah. usually have to hire twins. Like I just <laughs> feel like TV writers would be like, let's knock up the person, but then I don't have it in the budget to hire <laughs> child and actors. So she's getting an she's abortion. Getting an okay. Abortion. We this can't afford it's, this baby. It's not a progress. <laughs> <laughs> our show, our choice. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're not here to make a message. We just cannot Don't. afford this child. We want a third Cash. season. We're not going to sacrifice a third season yeah. for okay. a kid that shows up two I times. I have dreams. <laughs> I need a cliffhanger at the we end of this. We want syndication. Yeah. We're not going to get there with this goddamn baby. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. So true. So, um, so Ziamara, uh, in, in episode one of season two, reveals to Rogelio that she is pregnant with his nemesis baby. And he takes it I like a champ. I love this show because it mm-hmm. basically is scandal. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's soap. It's all soap all oh, the time. But then it's grounded it's with Gina Rod- Rodriguez, who is yes. incredible. Like it's, every, like, it's amazing. And it's so cheesy. It's so camp. It's amazing. So, um, so uh, he takes the news that she's pregnant like a champ. And uh, at the end of the episode, he's like, because also all this drama has happened, I'm not even going to get into. But um, at the end of the episode, he's like, oh, by the way, uh, of course, I will support you. And, you know, if you need help raising the baby. And she's like, oh, I'm not having the baby. I wasn't going to have a baby with you who I love. I'm not going to have a baby with some douchebag. Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, well, that's your choice. And I'm here for you. And that's like, that's it. That's a whole conversation. Episode two, it's weeks later. Um, in fact, I think it's six weeks later um, because someone's been recovering and the focus is very much on this person's recovery. And the side note is that um, uh, Jane's abuela, uh, she gets mail for Ziomara and uh, opens it. And she's like, you got a bill from Planned Parenthood or from the doctor? Mm-hmm. And Zoe takes it really fast. She's like, oh, yeah, remember I had the stomach flu and it was I had to go, it was a doctor's thing and it was a stomach flu, remember? And Abuela looks kind of suspicious. And Zoe gets really like, oh, shit. Now she knows I had an abortion. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like worried that her mom knows and isn't talking about it. And she's afraid that she's being judged by her mother, who's very, very devout. Um, so that's kind of the tension in this episode 
where it's not like Zoe regrets having the abortion mm-hmm. uh, and nothing bad happened. Everything was fine. Um, and they even refer to it as a medication abortion. Mm. Like they like pills. Ca- yep. Call it out specifically what it was. Um, very matter of factly. Uh, and, but eventually she's so paranoid that her mom knows and is like toying with her that she just comes out and tells her, she's like, look, I got pregnant. I had an abortion. I don't regret it. It's done. Uh, her mother didn't know. So mm. now is like dealing with it. And I think in season one, you knew that, um, Jan's abuela was like, Hey, uh, this is uh, a miracle and you should have this baby. And Zoe uh, reveals that when she was pregnant as a teenager with Jane, that her mother was like, you should get an abortion. Wow. And wow. Or that that was an option you should consider. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, when Zoe's like arguing with her mom, being like, I don't know why you're being so self-righteous about this. When I was pregnant with Jane, you suggested I consider abortion. And... I forget her actual name. They always are so like, Abuela. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just like, I regret that. I feel guilty about that every day that I told you to have that abortion. Mm. And so it's like, oh, actually, I forgot. I have to <laughs> add the clip. I'm going to play it. Okay. So there's Spanish speaking in this. So apologies for those who don't speak Spanish. All right. So Ziamara and uh, her mother are having a fight in the kitchen. How can you be so self-righteous about this? You told me to get an abortion when I was a teenager. Y cada día me arrepiento desde entonces. Esta es mi culpa por haberte hecho creer que existiría una razón para justificar algo así. Stop. I'm glad you told me that. It helped me choose to have Jane and I have never regretted that, mom. But at this stage in my life, I don't want to be pregnant and I don't want a baby. Ah, pues entonces no debería de haberte so her mother yells at her saying, well, if you didn't want to have a baby, then you never should have gotten knocked up. So then they go, they have all these back and forth awkward situations and or uh, conversations. And in the end, uh, Jane talks to her grandmother. It's kind of like, I hope you can figure this out. Um, you know, you both are different, but that's part of what makes this family work. And so in the end, the grandmother's like, you're right. You're different. We make different decisions, but it was your decision to make. And I still love you. And we're going to move forward. So people really lauded this episode one because of the like unremarkableness of the abortion. It happened. Everything worked fine. No one regretted it. And the like Latinx aspect of it where you have like a devout family member Mm. uh, and progressive family members and just like sometimes it comes out and you have to have that conversation and you have yeah. to figure out how to talk to each other about it. So people really like appreciated this episode for, they really tackled that. Head yes. On. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it thanks. feels very realistic. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. The show, like this show goes back and forth between being so insanely over the top and then like perfectly real and true to like human, the human condition. Cool. It's a great show. Love that. Thank you. Love that for us. Cool. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. This is our only animated uh, episode on the list. This is from Bojack Horseman. Um, this is season three, episode six called Brat Brat Pew Pew. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't that know. That is what an abortion sounds like. <laughs> to be fair. For those of you who don't know this show, it's an adult animated show made by Netflix, sort of about the underbelly of LA and Hollywood. 
um, for some reason, the world is all a mix or it's, it has some uh, characters that are half people, half animals or like all yeah. animals. Like it's very and that's just like normal. It's not really ever called out. You have like a guy who's a golden retriever. The main character is Mr. A, peanut butter. Is, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Course. Peanut Butter. There's Bojack, who is a, a man horse with man. a horse head. Um, <laughs> he plays. So there's. Yeah, obviously. Of course. Uh, it's just very like matter of fact. That's this, this is the world. Um, so Bojack Horseman is a washed up 90s sitcom star trying to make a comeback in Hollywood nice. um, and sort of like his inner demons. And like it's a really awesome show. It mm-hmm. really gets really, really deep with like addiction and depression. And it's really awesome. So um, Bojack Horseman has a friend, a human friend named. D- <laughs> She's just a human. She's not whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> she just happens to be human. <laughs> No one designates <laughs> I don't it on know the show. Such we a big don't deal about judge it. her for it. <laughs> I don't see species. <laughs> um, she's a ghost. Look, I have a lot of human friends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Diane is a ghost writer for Bojack Horseman. She helps him write his book, or she tries to. I can't remember if that actually takes off. But she is also a. She tweets for many celebrities. Um, she's like a writer. So she's dating Mr. Peanut Butter, the aforementioned dog man, who is also Bojack Horseman's nemesis, also was a 90s sitcom star. So the scene opens, or the episode opens on Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter finding out that they're pregnant. Mm. Um, And it's sort of, we've talked a lot about tonight about like telling your partner and the sort of like with Maude, it was like the misunderstanding and with crazy ex-girlfriend it was a sort of I'll do whatever you want, like, you know, the sort of like whatever. Mm. There's this, this to me was a funny it started with that, like, oh, I'll do what you want to do. Oh, well, I'll do what you want to do. Yeah. And then they just say, let's say we want to do on three. One, two, three. Get an abortion. They both say. <laughs> so it's just funny. That's like the first scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're going to get an abortion. So they didn't really, like, thinking about, like, Maude, the whole fucking two episodes were about the right. back and mm-hmm. forth. This was like, we're going to get an abortion. Uh, it was just funny how things have evolved. Yeah. Um, so Diane is a social media manager for many celebrities in this world, including a dolphin rapper named Sextina Aquafina. Right? <laughs> yes. um, she's sort of, a, I, I, I think of her as sort of like a um, Nick, Nicki Minaj, Megan yeah. Thee Stallion like kind of person. Tina. I think, mm. I think they got her name from Christina Aguilera. Yeah. But um, so nice. Diane is, a, her head's a little all over the place because of this abortion or the planned abortion coming up. So she's absentmindedly tweeting at an event and she's sort of, she tells Bojack Horseman she's getting an abortion. She says that out loud. That's why she's frazzled. But she accidentally tweets that also. <laughs> while from Sextina's. From Sextina's account. Oh, so no. she tweets, I'm getting an abortion to Sextina Aquafina's 40 million followers. <laughs> so right away, it's like huge news. The agent or the, the manager uh, who is a cat comes over and again, doesn't matter. Um, Princess Caroline? Princess Caroline. Yeah, of course. Um, she So she's like, oh my God, this is happening. So... Sextina Aquafina is immediately like shocked. They have a meeting with her, but then it starts coming out that people's telling her that she's brave for having yeah. an abortion, that this is amazing. And so Sextina Aquafina goes, okay, maybe I am having an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> and she starts thinking maybe it will help sell her album. Mm. So she suddenly becomes the face of the pro-choice movement, even though she's not even pregnant. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter have a really funny scene where they go to a planned parenthood. <laughs> Parrot. Parrot. Um, <laughs> and the doctor tells them that they have to listen to the heartbeat. And they do this thing of like, uh, just by law, I have to tell you, you have to listen to the heartbeat. And that at, because Mr. Peanut Butter is a dog, right? So they, I also have to tell you that at 20 weeks, your puppies may have a favorite color and that favorite color may be blue. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to make you watch 20 hours of puppy videos as Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You plays <laughs> in the background. 
It's a very funny commentary yeah. on that. Um, so then Sextina Aquafina goes on a Ryan Seacrest type show. That's the guy's name. His He's a Ryan Seacrest type. <laughs> <laughs> and she talks about how she wants to put a face to this issue and to destigmatize it. Mm. So in... In honor of that, she releases a single. Oh my god! <laughs> on the Ryan Seacrest so show, excited. and here it is. And oh, so Diane's watching this from backstage, so she's like freaking out at this announcement. America, get your uteruses turned, cause this song is called "Get That Fetus, Kill That Fetus." Stop the tape. Glasses. You did this. You empowered me to tell my story. So, there's also a funny scene because Bojack Horseman is so good at like social commentary. They do a whole scene where three men do like a news roundtable talking about discussing this. Of course, yeah. it's like, now we go to our three men, <laughs> experts on the issue. And one guy, no, of course, no one knows what they're talking about. And one of the white old male panelists uh, talks about how a body has a way to break the fetus down into gas particles and fart it out <laughs> as he understands it. <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't think that's right. As I understand um, it. So even though Diane, meanwhile, is like, this is not, she, okay, this is my abortion. Like, mm-hmm. this is, how are we going to, this is, this feels unethical for her to be co-opting this. Um, all this is happening. And then Sextina Aquafina says she's going to actually have the abortion on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> and Princess Caroline, the agent, is like trying to make it happen. She's, yeah. she's the yes woman. She's like, okay, we'll get Eddie Redmayne and we'll use John Carpenter for special effects. <laughs> She's like, John Carpenter owes me a favor right. to like, do this whole thing. I don't know why Eddie Redmayne is in there, but whatever. Um, maybe He'll play the fetus. He'll play he the fetus. probably like, got the Oscar that year. Right, right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> um, and so Diane continues to be so stressed out about this. Um, and so she, because she's also dealing with oh, the upcoming right. abortion. Right. So she actually goes to the planned parenthood to have the abortion. <laughs> and there's a young teen girl in there. And I think Sextina's song is maybe playing and Diane's like, oh my God. And the young girl says, I love that she's doing this because I know that she's joking about it. Like this isn't real. Like that she's she's making this really scary thing less scary for me yeah. with, with this song, Get Daffy Kill Kill Daffy Diz. Yeah. So Diane stops putting up a fight about it and she has the abortion and that and the fake abortion happens, but we don't see that either, which I wish we had. Yeah, like, come on, yeah. portray that, yeah. like the John Carpenter effects. But we Especially don't see in the, in the credits, right? Right. So we don't see either. But uh, Diane does call it weirdly educational. <laughs> she like she like comes around to it. She really likes it. Um, and at the end, oh, then the best part about this is at the end of all of this, everything seems wrapped up. But Sextina. Aquafina calls them from her limo saying, hey guys, I actually might be pregnant and I do want to keep it. <laughs> so the episode ends with Diane and Princess Caroline coming up with a way to make that work now in the public eye. Like, great, we had to make the abortion work. Now we have to make this work. Pregnancy work. And oh that is Bojack Horseman. Amazing. Incredible. I these just people should make, all like, be paying us because I want to watch all these shows. Yeah. I know. I just love how how light they make this, how it's just ridiculous. It's silly. There's social commentary with the doctor and with the panel on the news. And 
Yeah, I just really, but it, really like it's this. in good hands the whole time. Absolutely, like you feel safe. You yeah. feel like yeah, yeah. Get Daffitas, kill Daffitas. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's. Amazing. I don't know if you also caught the lyrics. I hold on. I love baby killing. Baby killing makes me horny. Yes. Hold on. And then she says, "I definitely caught that." Aliens inside me gonna squash it like Sigourney. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, rhyming horny with Sigourney. It's the only I mean, way. <laughs> That's my love language. Wow. Yeah. And our last one. Okay, last one. Final, Final abortion. abortion. For now. For now. <laughs> um, comes from the show Dear White People. So I hit, I mean, so this is a Netflix show, but all my shows are available on Netflix. Um, Dear White People is a blast. It's very, it's like, it's also camp. It's very satirical and sarcastic. Um, important watch for all people. Um, yeah, I said it. Um, so, uh, Dear White People, the episode I'm talking about, it takes place season two, episode four. Uh, and the way Dear White People is, um, set up, each episode focuses on one of the main characters. It's like an ensemble, um, and so in this episode, we focus on the character of Coco and she's kind of the like the rich bitch character. Oh, she yeah. like walks around like she's very wealthy. Um, she plays along in some of the white supremacy rules because she like eventually wants to break it apart. But she knows she has to like play the rules to get in before mm-hmm, she can break mm-hmm. it. She's very that character um, can be very kind of um, stigmatizing. She's kind of right? She is yeah. with more of like an edge. Yeah. Um, less of, like you don't always root for her. She's more villainy. Okay. Um, especially in season one. But you grow to love her because you learn a lot about her. Um, so this episode also is lauded. Um, and there's an, a blurb I'm going to read from a Teen Vogue article about it. Um, written by Keely Terrell called The Dear White People Abortion Storyline Puts a Black Woman at the Center. And that's so important. Uh, and this, this little blurb, I think just helps kind of set the tone. The episode is being hailed as one of the season's best and called the abortion storyline. We've, uh, it's called the abortion storyline we've all been waiting for. And for black women, Coco's journey is especially important. Despite a handful of abortion narratives over recent years on shows such as Scandal, Being Mary Jane and Love and Hip Hop, we aren't often represented in these types of stories. According to 2015 study conducted by researchers at the University of California, San Francisco, Probably the same thing. Um, 87% of abortion storylines on U.S. television between 2005 and 2014 were about white women. Wow, yeah. And were more likely to be middle class and in their 30s. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Meanwhile, black women accounted for a measly 5%. Hispanic, zero. Wow. Well, Hispanic, zero. Jane the Virgin. Uh, That was after 2014. Gotcha. But I I think that was a big part of why Jane the Virgin was an important episode, too. That's crazy. Yeah. And Asian depict. Oh, I know. Christina people? Yang on Bread on a Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. But that's one. the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 0.001%. <laughs> um, so. But we do have a sexy dolphin. Let's not forget. Right. Of course. Sexy, sexy dolphins, dolphins represents have us been all. represented. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so in this episode, we watch Coco, um, who is constantly like on um, a mission, you know, and so she's just on Very a mission. Very ambitious. Yes. Yeah. She so she wants to be a politician. She wants to like be in charge. She wants to fix shit. Um, and you're not always sure if it's like like she wants to fix shit in the right way, but like 
she wants to be in charge. Uh, and so here she wants to become the head of the student group called core, um, which kind of is that it's a, like a diversity group that's kind of at odds with the black student union. And, uh, but it's well-funded by the university. Um, and so she kind of manages to get her way in charge of it because her ex-boyfriend who was the leader has now kind of let his life go. He's gotten super into weed. He's, uh, you know, just skipping classes. Um, who is this character? Is this the like football? Character? It's Troy. So he's kind of like he was the very on top of things kid in season one who then just the pressure gets to him. He's like a legacy kid. His father is very involved with the school. I think oh, he's like yes. administration or principal. Oh, or, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like head president or something. Yeah. So Got he's it. kind of rebelling in season two. And while they were dating for a brief amount of time, she managed to get pregnant. She has now realized this and she's not choosing to deal with it at the moment. She's like, well, I've got other things to deal with. Let me just get to be president of this student group. Let me just get into this very um, hot college society group. Like, you know, they have the little frats and they have the you know, the skulls type things mm. and stuff. Um, and she's just very hyper focused and people are really leaning on her to get shit done. And so she just continues to ignore <laughs> The fact that she knows she's pregnant and she has to make a decision soon. Her roommate knows. So her roommate kind of keeps checking in on her. Um, and you just kind of see this mounting pressure build up. And eventually she's alone in her dorm room. She's in the mirror and she keeps getting these texts. And like she kind of keeps looking at herself in the mirror. And then she gets another text, puts it down. And then she kind of looks in the mirror again and looks at her belly, gets another text puts it down, then like pulls up her shirt to like look at her belly really. And then like starts to imagine it growing and you see it like a full pregnant belly and you see her kind of like imagining what it would be like to have a baby. So you kind of, it's kind of this beautiful thing where like she obviously imagined herself being a mother someday, but not yeah. when she was a sophomore yeah. or junior college kid. Right. Um, also in this episode, uh, you see her on the phone. And again, she's presenting very wealthy, very well-to-do. Um, at one point, you see her on the phone with her mom, who you've never met before, and you start to hear uh, the conversation, and she's relaying stuff that doesn't sound like a wealthy family's business. Like, oh, well, your cousin finally got that assistant manager job at Walmart, so that's something, but I don't know. It's not enough for those four kids. And like, you start to understand that she came from a single mother household, uh, and also struggled to get where she got and is like kind of covering up her past and mm -hmm. doesn't want to live her mother's life. So she's like going back and forth of, okay, I do want to be a mother someday. Do I drop out of college and have this kid? I know my mom did it. I know I could do it. And, or do I pursue my dreams? Do I pursue my passion and my career? So she really just like goes back and forth and, um, eventually has this conversation with her roommate and it's sweet in this episode i think it's it has some really beautiful depictions of especially her roommate being there for her and how how friends can be there for you much like the sex in the city episode mm -hmm. where it's just like let's talk through it all like mm -hmm. whatever you decide we're gonna be here for you yeah. and like let's talk through it you know um so this is but this is part of she's uh Coco is just like laid down on the bed kind of coming to terms with the fact that she needs to make a decision and she um, types into a search bar abortion 
and uh, it autofills pills up top, mm. which I thought was cool. And then like clinics and location. And then she continues to type options. And then you just see her face like scrolling and kind of like having like the realization like, oh shit, like mm-hmm. this is a lot. So then this scene happens. Do you know what the options are for something like this? Either I have some stranger literally suck the life out of me, or I go home with a pill to face the worst possible thing I can imagine. Alone. You're not alone. And those are not your only options. Part of me thinks maybe I should. My mom did. And you're mostly okay? (laughs) And then I'll be a... 20-year-old college dropout. What kind of life can I give a child? Well, Troy could help, right? Troy Fairbanks, a drug-addled rebel without a cause. Yeah, him. I came here to take everything the world denied my mother and dared to deny me. What could I even give to a full human? You'd be surprised. It can be a relief to not be so focused on yourself, you know? To actually care for something or someone else. (laughs) She looks at her dog. (laughs) At least we're not having this discussion in Texas or Kentucky or Missouri or Virginia or Utah or South Dakota. (laughs) I really am needed on Capitol Hill. Desperately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just kind of a nice episode where she's like coming to terms with what to do. And after this scene, uh, she eventually decides she's going to go to the clinic and get the abortion. Her roommate goes with her. Um, and uh, they make the clinic look very like, you know, dimly lit, not inviting, like very mm-hmm. clinical and surgical and cold. Um, and very like it, it gives you a bad vibe. And you can tell she feels that her roommate feels it. Uh, and then uh, I think someone goes in for their procedure and she gets cold feet and she leaves. And then we cut to 18 years later. What? She's had. We actually, you cut ahead that far? Yeah. Wow. Uh, you meet her 18 year old kid who is now wow. going to this college. Wow. Holy shit. And she's there to like walk her in and be like, this is where I stayed. You're going to love it. I'm so proud of you. You've, you're an honors kid. You like AP, you're going to be such a star and everything's great. And you know, it seems like she and Troy co-parented, but they're not together. So you can tell like things weren't easy, but, uh, you know, she did her best to like make this kid have the best life she could. Um, and then you see her watch her daughter go off and start like meeting people and starting her new exciting life. And, you know, she sees all the future that maybe is up for her daughter. And, uh, and you see her ex Troy in the back being like Coco, Coco, like trying to get her attention. And then it cuts back to the clinic. Okay, they need to, you. You're you're jumping. You're this meadow business. Holy where like Nora shit. wasn't dead the whole time. You're this is you're what the episode dragging does. Me along, Meg yes, Trowbridge. That's what the episode does, and I want to I want to give you a taste wow. of the episode. Wow. So it cuts back to so she's just envisioned sure, that future. Sure. She just lived that to be like, is that what I want? 
But no, she wants to fucking be on Capitol Hill. She yeah. wants to change this yeah. for people. Yeah. So then like you see her get steely eyed and you just and you see this orderly is actually the one in the back being like Coco, Coco. Mm. And then she gets all steely eyed. She's like here and like goes to wow. get her abortion. Nice. Wow. wow. Yeah. I like the I like the you go uncertainty. Coco. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. it just shows I think all of these have shown that. It's it's compl- it's a complicated choice. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like 100%. That's why yeah. I like most about this episode is especially cuz like you know for us now at this point when we think back to us being in college we'd be like oh you know it seems like it would be an easy option. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I was maternal from the get go. If I somehow mm-hmm. got pregnant in I college, know. I wonder if I would have decided to yeah. keep it. Yeah, I, don't, I probably most likely would have yeah. kept it. Like it's at that point I was still like I don't know about abortions. I think yeah. I'm pro-life. Yeah. 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 So it's it's funny to look back and be like, oh, are you 18? Oh, my gosh. Get an abortion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's. You don't know until you're there. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know. Exactly. And if you're 18 and you want that kid, hey. Get that kid. Get it. Hey. Ha- raise get that it. kid. Have it. Get, get that it, kid. Girl. Raise that kid. Get, <laughs> get that, that kid. Raise that, that kid. kid. <laughs> um, Man, I really am looking at our list here of like. We've covered a hundred years of abortion. Wow! Wow! Nineteen sixteen to twenty seventeen. So cool. And we've covered, kind of covered the gamut. Most of the abortions have been like, the messaging has been good. Yeah. Save for number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but an unplanned, a slight reference to a modern yeah, right. tale. <laughs> but I really like that we sort of covered like the kind of the gamut of of experiences. I will say that I was thinking of like reality television and have there been oh. and I was thinking you know who should have had an abortion mm-hmm. all those teen moms oh, 16 and pregnant mom- oh, because God. as I've said before I don't know about other on the podcast but the most uh sane couple out of that entire franchise of the teen mom extended universe are the kids that gave their baby up for adoption wow and, and they had two more kids of their own like 10 years later. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, it's like, what a, there should have been abortions on that show. There should yeah. have been many. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any reality shows yeah. that have discussed that. Yeah. I mean, it all feels the, like oh, a very real world thing. I wonder if real oh, world maybe. has ever done yeah. that. I'm sure someone on real world had an abortion. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I love, I love our, we, this coverage that we did. It's, it's good. And like, yeah. is there any other ones that you guys want to let just like honorable mention? Because I also looked into, um, uh, Friday Night Lights. Oh it, yeah, remind me what that. It's not. It's not. It's like a several episode arc. It's mm. where the coach Taylor's wife, who is the principal. Oh yeah. She advises a girl at another school. She cut co- this girl comes to her in confidence because she knows mm. she's like, she's a the principal at another school. The sixteen year old asks her what she should do and. The coach's wife, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Tammy Taylor. Tammy. She lays out all the options and she doesn't push her one way or the other. Mm. But then the girl ends up getting an abortion and the parents of the very Christian boyfriend find out and they find out that Tammy, quote unquote, advised her. Mm. So then she's like threatened to lose her job over it, even though it wasn't a student and blah, 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 blah. And she tries to stand up for herself and the school board gets involved and parents protest. And it's all in Texas. It's all in Texas. And this is all before the big game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to have to end this uh, school board meeting early for the big game. For the big game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man, I want to watch that show, too. Friday Night Lights is so good. We got to have like a movie night. Yeah. Yeah. A movie weekend. So I did find 
1993, Tammy told her real-world L.A. roommates that she was pregnant and admitted she was not ready to be a mother. (gasps) The 22-year-old at the time decided to terminate the pregnancy. Wow. Yeah, and so I guess... What city was real-world? L.A. LA. So this is post-Pedro? I wonder. slap in Seattle? Oh, yeah. Definitely pre-Seattle Pre, Pre, yeah. Seattle, that was like 97, 98. The slap heard around the world. Oh, God. It went all the way to 93? I thought Seattle was like season two or three. That's no, crazy. No, Seattle was 90... Yeah. Seven. Yeah, because it was when I was moving New to Seattle. New York would have been 92. New York... It was New York, Pedro's San Francisco. and then oh, So yeah. 93 for LA? That feels... Yeah, I guess That so. feels early. Anyway. But maybe that's when they were filming and then oh, it sure, aired. Oh, sure, sure. So I wonder if she's on like a show now, because you know how some of them... Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it says now during this week's homecoming episode, the cast relived Tammy's experience as she reflected on this life-changing choice she shared with millions of viewers. Cool. Wow. I didn't know that. For me as an African-American woman who was really trying to find myself, I just felt like it wasn't the right time for me to bring children into the world. Um, Beth S. praised her for her strength and admitted she would not have been able to speak to her mother the same way Tammy did because Tammy talked to her mom, who was like very supportive. Oh, amazing. Um. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Real world. You know, real world used to be hey, really man. Yeah. Real world was fucking really Then they good. just started getting everyone drunk and pumping hormones yeah. in the vents and we're like, fuck, yeah. please. <laughs> and then someone else like from the real world is like, oh, I was 23 and wanted to keep the pregnancy, but then I changed my mind. Mm. Like, so then other people are like, I was in the same place. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a fun romp through a century of... Abortion. abortion. Yes. A century of abortions. Wow. A century of abortions. Here's to a century more. Yeah. yeah. Legal. Legal. Yeah. Should we do a why I cried? We should. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, listeners, we got some fan mail from Lee from Iowa, uh, one of our favorite cis male listeners, who sent us a recording of our Why I Cried song on his stand-up bass. So we're going to play that. Thanks, Lee, for sending this. And then we'll do a Why I Cried. Cry this week. Thank you. If anyone wants to send us any renditions of songs. Any fan songs. For the love of God, it's why we'll cry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I cried this week because, well, I did cry about the fictional uh, president and vice president that were both women. Oh, sure. Just them posing in their power suits for photos. I was like, (laughs) 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 Um, I did shed a tear watching Michelle Obama at the White House Ugh. because this week they unveiled mm. their portraits mm. um, and it was just like every time either of the Obamas talk it's just like we, we didn't know we didn't know how fucking good it was for yeah. her to be like the child of like an African immigrant and me mm. the child of like a water factory like like operator like I don't remember what her dad did but like 
very humble beginnings like we are here and like we want every person in this country to feel like they can be here too Mm. and it's like we didn't hear that for four years yeah even longer because of the fucking like 20 um 2016 like election election, yeah which is like oh my god Uh, i love her (laughs) yeah so that made me shed a nice little tear it felt nice that was nice I had a um, what felt like a stupid cry today, um, just today. Mm. Um, uh, she posted eight hours ago, so it was somewhere between five to eight hours ago mm. I cried. Um, so I follow Olivia Juliana on Twitter. She's the Gen Z activist who like helped raise millions of dollars for um, abortion funds when Matt Gates body shamed her. Um, she's great. And uh, today she posted, I don't have photos yet, y'all, but I just met the vice president <gasps> and like weeping face. And I was like, that's amazing. And then her follow up tweet. She is so, 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 so nice. <laughs> and for some reason, that makes me so emotional. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. But I'm like, one, I like I saw vice president and I think I immediately just pictured like an empty men's suit. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, you and, a mannequin, a shiny right. white mannequin. Yes. And then I was like, Who? she is so, 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 so nice. And I was like, it's like probably the last thing Kamala wants to hear about herself yeah. as a vice president. But for me, I'm just like, oh yeah, like because we got one it, of us fe- there, it feels like the the script to like a sci-fi film. That's the only yes. time we've seen women right. in the White House. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I thought you were. And also because when a Gen Z activist talks about the vice president, you might think like she's problematic and she needs to be more left. But for just like she's just nice. She's really nice. (laughs) An empty suit. For some reason, I was like, an empty suit did run on. um, (laughs) Usually Rick Rick Perry's ticket. Rick Perry empty suit. Dan Quayle empty suit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's M dot T dot We need to like throw like a bar trivia. Just be like MT suit. suit. You don't remember? remember? Vice president suit. <laughs> um, your guys' why I cried are really good because they're about like powerful women. Mine are about my screaming child. So oh, well, that's real. she's a powerful woman. You know, she is she, one day. Yeah. You realize just how powerful. Right. Yeah. Well. She'll, 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 she'll make it someday. Yeah. We were on a red eye flight. We, we flew to Charlottesville, Virginia for a wedding. It was lovely. We had a great time. But we had to connect in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we've never okay. done a connecting with her. And so that means the red eye is like a four-hour flight yeah. to begin with. And then you have to like wait in the terminal yeah, and oh, whatever. So we're never doing that again. But um, on the way over, like she was like, we kept her up so late to catch this red eye. So she was already loopy. She finally falls asleep after like an hour in the flight. And we're like, sweet. So I doze off. She wakes up screaming i've never heard this child scream so much it was the kind of the wailing that you fear your child will do on an airplane and you're like oh at least she's not that bad she was that bad and like of course like the person in front of us like looks over her shoulder and i'm like i hear her i'm trying to calm her down right i I pull her i hold her i do i walk up and down the aisles like a million times but she's now waking the whole plane up Uh and she's so big that she's kicking people like as she's like you know i'm i'm like you know the the aisle's really narrow and so she's kicking and i'm bumping into people so finally this went on for probably 45 minutes. I'm not oh. even exaggerating. And finally, I just went back into the the flight attendant's quarters. Yeah. And I was like, can I just sit back here with her? And she's screaming. Yeah. 
I don't know that I was allowed to be there, but I was like, otherwise I'm going to wake up the whole plane. Yeah. And so they turned off the lights, which was really nice. And they popped their headphones in. And Aww. one of them was like, I'm going to do a round of garbage collection. Like none of them, like they all just like yeah. bounced. <laughs> right. Because B was being so loud and it was so much that I started so crying. Hard. Yeah. Because I was just like so, hard. so frustrated, and so you're tired. Not any sleep. Yeah, I'm of not course, get, and then yeah. I'm imagining just the, well, you're just anxious that everyone's like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm Sucks. imagining the next couple days where we have to like be away and just like I saw the next couple days. Oh. Yeah. It was awful. Thankfully, awful. Carl came back and we figured out like sh- just a video to watch that we just watched yeah. over and over again. And then she didn't still didn't sleep yeah. until we missed our connecting flight because oh, our flight was delayed. God. So she slept a little bit in her stroller. It was such a mess, oh but I, God, I'm still recovering from that lack of sleep. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. It was really, really bad. So Oof. that's why just I Just know that there are some people on the plane. Like, no, yeah. they're just like, and honestly, yeah. you know, the, woman, I mean? the woman behind us, we got up and, you know, B hasn't slept. I've been showing her Moana clips yeah. the entire flight, yeah. like thinking she would doze off, but she never did. We get up to leave and the woman is like our age behind us. She goes, she did so good. And I was like, were you not awake for this? You had earplugs. Yeah. I was like, she literally cried for an hour. I don't know what you're talking about. But she's like, oh, I didn't hear her. So I was like, okay, that's good. But yeah. then, she was making, yeah, she was like, yeah. you guys are troopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like the, the, it's an impossible yeah. situation. But then yeah. it was funny because we were at a wedding where, P- I just want to like PSA to people that don't have kids on airplanes. Like we're all trying our best. Cause like completely, we, so I was yes. telling this story at a wedding and people were like, all the people there were, didn't, were uh, childless, <laughs> childless uh-huh. even. <laughs> no, but they're all like, Oh, that's so bad. Like that, you're not bad. But if like there was a three-year-old, then yeah, maybe I'd be mad at that I'm parent. Sorry. And I and I was no. like, no. no. And I was like, because the one guy was like, yeah, that I would not like fault you not for that. You. But there was a kid who I swear was like five, and he was screaming. I was like, well, maybe he had like autism or something. I'm and like, sorry. I don't think so. I'm like, you don't know. You Just guys never have never know. met children, right? Yeah. Exactly. And right. it's like people that think they can control children. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, because yeah. also, it, when you get to the age where it's like they were five, they should have known better or they were whatever Please. age it's like then they probably have something wrong with yeah. them they're probably hurting somewhere yeah you know also, every time so as a or kid pissed, like, yeah sure yes. i mean you're tired you're on a weird place yeah. so when i was a kid i have really messed up little tiny ear canals mm-hmm. so every time i'm on oh. flights like i'm constantly chewing gum to try and yeah, like yeah, keep yeah. the yeah. pressure but as a kid it would it felt really oh, painful yeah. and i just remember oh. well that's yeah and i would cry on plants all the time. That's yeah. what I wonder if what happened to be like she woke up from like her hour snooze oh, and was maybe. like either I'm like probably I'm so tired. My ears hurt. Also, mm-hmm. I could feel her like farting in my arms oh, over yeah. and over again. So I'm like, oh, she's probably gassy. Yeah, it was just poor little boobers. But Ugh. she's OK. We're fine. But yeah, just like be nice oh, to parents. We're yeah. literally, I literally nice. we hear oh, them. We know. Yeah. And especially like we're all have earphones. Just plug your Please. earphones in. Yes. We're trying our best. Exactly. Yeah. There's literally nothing else you could do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I. That sh- yeah. What pisses me off way more than a baby crying. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. People being shitty to babies and yes. parents yeah. that are trying their best. Yeah. I'm like, there's like, a special place in hell for you. If like, you eat shit. If you didn't bring headphones yeah. on an airplane, uh, that's on you. Yeah, anyway. Oh, well, I'm glad you survived. Thanks. I'm still recovering. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like we're coming to a natural end. We are. Oh, boy. Uh, and it's the last episode of the season. Woo! Oh, boy. So I wrote. A real dumb little song. Surprise song. It's a little surprise song. A little season six surprise song. Um, Just, you know, it felt like uh, a nice conclusion song. 
Um, it felt like a sum up of what we went through today. Okay. But oh. also in general this season. Um, so <laughs> this one goes out to to my Koblosts and to all the listeners out there. Let me just adjust myself. Okay. No. <laughs> yes. Another turning point for stories about our bots. From silent films of yore to shows filmed in the aughts. <laughs> These stories don't get old, they're important as fuck. Like don't have a third kid or the offspring of some schmuck. It's something so relatable, and yes, should be alright. These are the on-screen abortions of our <laughs> lives. <laughs> I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) Imagining a slideshow. (laughs) Taking cues from B. Arthur and Samantha Jones. These badass actors fill us with a lot of hope. Patrick Swayze was fucking there for that lady. And it's okay if you don't want the president's baby. <laughs> Healthcare should be accessible. Get in our way or you will smite. These are the on-screen abortions of our lives. Uh, wow. Shipper. We sure have been through a lot. <laughs> and we've seen a lot of wonderful television and film. Remember what Kate said about that one show? I know I do. <laughs> we hope you've learned and laughed and loved with us this season. And if you only take away one thing from all these episodes, it's this. Abortion pills are available in all 50 states. Okay. You deserve safe access to whatever procedure you like. I hope you have the abortion of your life. (laughs) Yes. I saw I saw long crossfades and slideshows and slow motion laughter. (laughs) Wow! And then throwing our caps in the air. Yes, I do think Billy Joe Armstrong is that his name? (laughs) Billy Joe. I always fuck it up. Billy Joe, right? Yeah, he would be very proud. Oh yeah, I'll send it to him. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you have to listen to the entire season to understand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I'm sure he would. All right, should we sign off for the season? Yeah. yeah. All right. Our menopause is starting. Yeah. Hang tight. It's going to be a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> it is 100 degrees yeah. where we're recording right now. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for all your support and love and phone calls and yes. emails yes. and Instagrams. And Thanks for helping us raise money for uh, National yeah. Network of Abortion Funds. Thanks for listening and supporting our guests. Yes, we will be, um, you know, taking a break, but we are not far away. You can yeah. reach out via email or the grand hotline. 9106 oh, uterus. Hotline. I thought you said hotmail. I was like, we have a hotmail? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, that one podcast about blood, y'all, at hotmail.com. <laughs> um, yeah, until next time, keep calm. And, and bleed, bleed everywhere. everywhere. <laughs>